Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Colt 31, Rock and Marty, out towards the tail, better eclipse and then Max Shard, back straight quarter, 27.8, Spirit of St. Louis into the home straight, leads the way, trying hard, Majestic Cruiser, turn it up is trying to come to the outside, Side. Triple eight is deeper. Spirit of St. Louis. Majestic Cruiser drives. He drives hard. Takes it. It's Grand Second Glory. Majestic Cruiser beating home Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, the Blacks are fake. The tab Blacks are fake from Albion Park last Saturday night. And there's certainly interesting news coming through concerning this horse. And also a couple of other high-profile horses that may not contest a big race coming up in New Zealand on November 8. And I'm talking about the New Zealand Cup worth $800,000 New Zealand. Chris Barsby is with us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, What's everyone. What's all this drama about? Well, they're looking at changing the uh, the conditions of a lot of their big races over there in New Zealand. So the New Zealand and Auckland Cups, plus their uh, trotting features, Dominion and uh, the Row Cups, making them standing start races with handicaps. So it'll be very interesting. I think Connections are keen to go to New Zealand, uh, Connections of Majestic Cruiser, that is, uh, to tackle that race later this year. Remembering last year, copy that, who competed during the Tab Constellations, went back to New Zealand, ultimately won the New Zealand Cup. So Majestic Cruiser are looking to do the same thing here in 2022. So it'll be very interesting. That decision on whether it's going to be implemented uh, should be forthcoming any moment now. So we'll wait with interest mm. there to see if they are going to bring back in the handicap. So where would he sit in a handicap, Chris? And like the likes of self-assured and copy, that are also my, but may bypass it. So if it was a handicap standing start, what mark would these horses be off? I think they'd be looking at anywhere between 10 to 20 metres, Steve. Um, uh, given that copy that, uh, self-assured, uh, you know, they've, they've won cup, so... Um, they'd probably be looking at 20 metres. Majestic Cruiser, maybe 10 metres, given what he's won. He's been able to go to New Zealand earlier this year, take out the Messenger. Now he's won a Grand Circuit race, so he'd be looking at a handicap for sure. Um, so it's not going to be massive, their handicaps. I think 10 and 20 metres and pull them up. But um, it'll be interesting to see if they do implement that change. Chris, regarding a new site for Albion Park, now we were just wondering or speculating when we might get some concrete news from Racing Queensland and I'm just going to read something to you. I did receive a response when I did inquire and they apologise just for the delayed response but we're definitely making some headway with the new site but hard to know the precise timing and they'll keep us updated. That's just a message coming through from Racing Queensland regarding uh, the new site for harness racing given the Olympics and being well-documented situation at Albion Park in the future, Chris? Yeah, well, it's the single most important decision that uh, everyone in Queensland is waiting on, Steve. What's going to happen now that those plans have been put in place with Albion Park and we know that, you know, it is going to be uh, taken back for uh, a site for the Olympics for 2032, it's not all that far away. So everyone in this state and probably beyond as well is now waiting on that decision to be made. Where are we going? Are, are we going to have a new home? Is it going to be in the CBD area? Is it going to be more towards the the you know the coastway uh, between Brisbane and the Gold Coast? Are we going to that Western Corridor, which is a, a growth area? Uh, you know, so this is this is really important. And you know, very shortly we might be able to get a little bit of an answer on this because our first guest is not too far away, and he might be able to shed a little bit more light on it. But 
this this can't be uh, understated. This is a huge decision, and uh, it's going to be very important to see uh, uh, where we end up, and uh, you know w- what it can do for the the future of harness mm. racing in this sport. Yeah, David Bricks with us now, and something you know, if you can ask David about, or I, I might even ask him myself. I'm obviously keen, like many, to be heading to the Ecker or the Brisbane Show in a few weeks' time. And I think it's fantastic that the harness racing races will be there again. And, of course, there'll be Greyhound representation as well. But to David Bricks joining us now. David, good morning. Morning, Steve. Chris, morning, listeners. Yeah, just on, on that, Dave, uh, the, obviously Standard Bread showcased again at the Echo this year. Yeah, look, we're really looking forward to that, Steve. It's been a little bit, uh, obviously, been delayed the last couple of years with uh, reasons beyond everyone's control. So we're really looking forward to being a big part of the ECA again this year. Um, RQ certainly invested quite heavily with the ECA this year, not just from a harness point of view. We're certainly there on most days, as we have been in recent years, with uh, racing during the the afternoon as part of their record nights. Um, And this year we're going to have, I guess, a mini race meeting on the final night where we'll have... um, two to three races and some pony trots and and also uh, someone will, will jump in a double-seated sulky. So, uh, look, we're really looking forward to to the Echo this year and being back part of it. I know it's a great part of um, the Brisbane uh, culture and and uh, something that uh, we're looking forward to. to. But there are other aspects. There's uh, some involvement from uh, some retraining point of view with standard breads and thoroughbreds and our greyhound code are also involved with their sweepstakes. So you'll see a greater footprint from uh, from RQ at the Echo this year, which mm. will be great. Yeah, I was there a couple of years ago for that final. David Fowler called it, of course. It was just wonderful. Uh, the crowd got behind it. The kids were picking out different colours and watching the horses. It's just a great advertisement for, for harness racing. Uh, can I make a suggestion for the double sulky for one of the gentleman to go in there or a lady yeah david yeah. fowler instead of him calling it chris could call it and david could go into the sulky chris that won't be happening <laughs> <laughs> no take on board the feedback and uh, see if we can get him in there uh, david steve was just talking about uh, the, the the possible new site and that announcement it, it is forthcoming and and just on that now that you know the the plans have gone public with what Albion Park is set to become with the 2032 Olympics, is that sort of fast tracking the decision on on you know where we're going to be moving Albion Park to? Yeah, obviously, look, I think that there's been a plan in place all along. We've known for some time that that was sort of in the in the pipeline, and then obviously once. Uh, the site you know, Brisbane uh, was was identified as the, the Olympic city, and and that site was part of the plans. Um, there's been a, a hell of a lot of work going in to ensuring that uh, an alternate site for harness racing and, a, and a, an appropriate site, and also an appropriate facilities uh, for the code to move forward. So as you said, it's a very important decision, but. You know, what's one I'm really confident that the industry will be uh, be pleased with when we get to the point of being able to to finalise that and, and what's going to be there for the industry because it is a significant one. Uh, been a lot of talk about the type of facilities that we need and including things such as training facilities for younger trainers and existing trainers as well at the moment. So that it's those type of discussions and ensuring that uh, the sites that uh, we are able to secure or the site we're able to secure. Uh, can accommodate what the industry needs, not just for, for today, but for, for many years to come. So um, I said, we know there's plenty of people within RQ working feverishly on that. And as you said, there's obviously time time frames uh, given the need for that site to be developed for with the intent of uh, Bris 32. 
So um, certainly looking forward to, to, to that announcement coming um, in the not-too-distant future. Okay, so what are we talking about? Putting you on the spot, is it a week away, two weeks away, a month away or longer? Uh, look, I can't give you that information. I'd love to say a week, uh, but uh, look, I, I certainly, certainly, I think it'll be uh, be sooner rather than later. Um, as I said, land acquisition and and, and making sure the um, I's are dotted and the T's are crossed is, is crucial as part of this. Um, and we're going to make sure that when we go to industry, that uh, we're going there with the concrete plan that we can then uh, roll out. So I, uh, I'm very confident it'll be sooner rather than later. And we obviously need to get to that point so we can start start developing that uh, and, and discussing with industry um, the, the specifics about what goes there. Okay. Well, we'll uh, wait with interest there. I wanted to get you on this morning primarily to talk about the TAB constellations. It's come and gone for 2022. Overall, give us a snapshot from your viewpoint. Were you happy? Were you satisfied with what took place? Look, I think from an administrator's point of view, you're looking to improve it year on year. And I think, you know, there certainly were aspects we, we certainly improved on uh, as part of it. Um, you know, you said look at it critically as well, and we want people to look at it critically because we want to continue to improve it. But I think as a snapshot, we're very pleased. Uh, the wagering held up, you know, particularly when we're comparing it against uh, COVID-impacted wagerings of the prior year. Um, when lockdowns were still in place. So that was really positive. Um, we introduced a number of things, such as the, the meeting at Marburg, which, you know, the, the club picked up the uh, the baton with and did a tr tremendous job. Uh, and we did a number of other things from a, a racing point of view that we, we introduced, such as the Queensland Sun, um, you know, increasing the Redcliffe Cup to, uh, to I guess, the richest stand-start race on the mainland. Um, so we're really pleased with how uh, many aspects went. Uh, but again, there are aspects that, you know, as, as it played out, that probably didn't play out as, as you'd hoped. And things such as, you know, our, our two-year-old races probably weren't um, as full as we'd like. So they're, they're aspects that we'll certainly review. Okay. Just on the turnover aspect, and I, I guess that you're still collating data. Mm. Uh, we, we wrapped up on Saturday night. But just looking at it from, you know, just a, a quick sort of snapshot uh, again, uh, was it really positive? Was it a lot better than, say, last year at this early stage? So this stage is looking like being on par with last year. And I think, you know, as I said, there's a number of different external factors that are part of that. It's up about 50-odd percent on, on 2020. Um, last year, we had a really big kick. And again, that was part of some of the input implementation of the carnival was the first time of the constellations um, and there was the impact of, of COVID which certainly had a, a significant impact on on wagering everywhere. Um, um, obviously today uh, people are able to get out and about and, and do uh, a lot more than what they were then so um, you know I think across the board for us to be able to to, to maintain that um, is a really good result but as you said there are still some some of those figures coming in so we'll probably know that in the in the coming weeks as to how that how that maps out but certainly I think if you ask us at the start of the carnival if we were on par um, you know I think that's uh, we certainly uh, would have been um, I guess happy with that just given the fact of um, the changes uh, from from a COVID perspective. Okay another area that I wanted to ask you about but this primarily falls back on the on the host clubs but attendance how can we keep and this is across all three codes as well how can we make 
these big race nights even bigger as far as attendance is concerned. Uh, you know, it, it's difficult nowadays because we've got this great coverage so people can sit in their own homes and enjoy, you know, the coverage that's being being directly to them and feel part of the action. But how can the clubs go about getting more people, more bums on seats? I think they can continue. I think one of the things is, is continuing to evolve the facilities. Um, it's sort of one thing that we all know that um, needs to continue to improve. Um, I think certainly from an attendance point of view that um, comparing year on year and again, you know, we think looking back to COVID and that, obviously that had some restrictions about maximising attendance. But I think there was certainly some, some good growth from an attendance point of view. Albion yeah, Park on Saturday night was a really strong crowd, a good atmosphere. Marburg did an outstanding job with theirs and had a really good crowd there for, for their day. Um, but I think it's in, in working with those clubs to improve facilities and uh, and also what's on course for, for patrons. Um, so I think the, the key elements will continue to work on, but I, I can sort of have seen some, some growth in that area, which is good, and it's about continuing to work with the clubs to do that. Um, if there are some additional entertainment that can be offered for participants, maybe maybe one option that they, they may look at. I think certainly a critical aspect is, and we probably saw that at Albion Park Saturday night, if we can get the racing element you know, um, good and, and get some really good stories out there and some interest uh, I think that can can only add to it and um, you know people want to come and see the best horses and best drivers I think we're heading in the right direction there uh, and we'll continue to make sure that um, we get as, as good of horses and participants in Queensland as we can um, so that'll be a, a, an element that us and the clubs uh, work on as well as some of the on-course experience that, uh, that the clubs are able to deliver. Sure uh, programming is another area that I wanted to touch on this morning just, uh, and I'll start with Marburg and Redcliffe. Uh, Redcliffe had some, um, you know, uh, big incentives this year. The Cup going to $100,000, as you mentioned. It's the, the richest uh, Group 1 stand-start race in mainland Australia now. Um, we are happy with what Redcliffe delivered on their two big nights, and Marburg, we've touched on them having that, um, you know, big carnival day throughout Tab Constellation seemed to be a big hit. So are you happy with the way those two clubs are trending? Oh, yeah, look, I'd probably say Redcliffe, I think we've got a little bit of work around the program to do. I think, you know, our, our um, program as handicappers believe that we'd probably get a reasonable consolation out of the Redcliffe Cup. Probably didn't eventuate from memory. It was six in, the, in that consolation. I think the cup field was really good, really strong, had some inter interstate flavour. Uh, so I think there's, there's certainly work there. I think we can do uh, around that, that program um, at Redcliffe. And across the board was really good. The Derby and Oaks were really strong races, uh, which is good. And that complements um, the three-year-old events that then transpire at, at Albion. Uh, but I think there's uh, certainly some, some room for improvement and growth there. And, and we'll continue to do that. We changed the program a little bit from the prior year. Uh, so you, you live and learn from from those aspects. I thought the Marburg one was uh, was well patronised. The, the fields were strong. Uh, we'll sit down with us the first time we've we've sort of added Marburg to the uh, to the calendar from a constellations point of view. And more than happy to sit down with the club and see where we can we can do that. We we introduced the Western Star this year there. Um, had some discussions with the club and, and probably something we'll extend to the other clubs about maybe if there's some way we can create some rivalry between the, the uh, different parts of the 
uh, I guess Brisbane or um, the greater Brisbane area and maybe have, you know, a Western Star, a Northern Star and a Southern Star and maybe have a final out of those that we can, um, you know, highlight for, for local participants. So I think there's some of that that we can continue to grow on. But, yeah, by and large, I think the, the Marboo program worked, uh, worked pretty well. OK. You, you touched on the two-year-old features earlier. So we had two feature events for the two-year-olds, the, the Wayne Wilson Paleface Adios Classic, and we had that... APG final, dual melody taking that. So effectively, there was about $180,000 up for prize money between those two races, and collectively between the two races, only fields of 12. So is it is it just not working? Do we need to push these two-year-old features back in the season now? Yeah, look, that's a good question, Chris, and one we'll certainly have a chat with industry about. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think the change of season certainly has had, a, had an impact. We, we took the, made the decision to move the, the triads out of there, as you'll recall, and moved them back about a month and, uh, and opted to bring the APG feature into the carnival, as you said, probably on, in hindsight that may not have worked. So I think there are things that we'll have to sit down and look at and try and work out where the best placement of those are. It, it may be that we need to add some some additional options to the two-year-old uh, program through the carnival, so and which may then um, bring more horses along or encourage more horses to to race. Um, but also noting that there are horses that are probably targeting the triads, uh, so that may well be the focus, and hence holding them back. So, look, that's a that's a good discussion we'll have with the industry as to how we can best do that. Uh, but as you said, on face value, it's something that we certainly have to look at because um, we don't sort of um, we want to uh, fill those fields as much as we can, and particularly for those races, as you said, with 180,000, want as many people having a crack as, as possible. Sure. The other one that I wanted to talk about, and this is near and dear to your heart, but Rising Sun, because you were the one that uh, you know developed this race, brought it in. We know the Eureka basically uh, you know ripped the idea in many ways, but. Were you happy with the rising sun this year, ladies in red, taking the feature? You mentioned the Queensland Sun, which is a new race that was brought into this year's carnival. Queensland trained horses only. Winner gets a free pass into the rising sun. Were you happy with the way that all came together this year? Yeah, I thought it was a uh, sort of continued to grow. The, I guess the brand of the rising sun, uh, we added some different elements to it. And that was one thing that you're really keen on in terms of the pick your own barrier draw aspect. Uh, so I think that worked pretty well and, and the club working with the club to have that at an alternate venue. Uh, and I think in terms of the horse flesh we had there, and again, it was a really good betting race, uh, you know, played out that way and in the lead up to the, to the lead up to the race. Uh, and, you know, the fact that uh, mayors have done really well, um, hopefully gives them uh, a bit of a target race as well for, the, for those really good mares uh, in, into the future. So now we're really happy with how that uh, how that race has come together and create some intrigue. Uh, we'll obviously have a, a bit of a look at it, the potential impact from a Eureka point of view, as you said. Um, want to make sure that they complement each other, um, and obviously the the aspect you know there, and you know we'd love love to get a New Zealand horse you know to the event and, and possibly a WA horse as well um, to 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 add intrigue to to that race. But yeah, I think by and large, um, yeah, really happy with it. The three-year-old element, uh, I think, worked well. You know, the the Derby winner ran third. I thought he was a really good run as well. So I think from that element, in terms of uh, a race that can cater for not just the best four-year-olds, but um, some really quality three-year-olds in the upcoming uh, coming up, provides some intrigue. And 
think it's a race that we can continue to build on in the future. But, um, yeah, certainly happy to take uh, feedback on board as to ways we can continue to grow it. Okay. The other one, just to blanks of fake, our Grand Circuit race. This was posed to me across the weekend. The Greyhounds, uh, they had a race worth half a million dollars during their carnival. Why aren't we at that sort of level with, with our main race, that Grand Circuit event? Yeah, look, it's probably been something we've, we're looking to continue to grow. I think probably uh, three years ago we were at about 200, um, 350 now. But I, I look, I think it's a good question, something that we'll um, have a look to review and see where the best, uh, best places to invest in the carnival going forward. Well, I think from a personal point of view, I'd certainly love for Queensland to have a Grand Circuit race that's sort of up there with um, with those in the other states, for sure. Uh, so I think it's, a, it's certainly an area that we can continue to grow on. And, um, you know, I think while we, we need to invest in a number of areas across the carnival, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, our pinnacle event, we sort of want to continue to, to certainly grow that as well. So um, I'm sure that it, in time we'll sort of be able to push that up towards that you know, half a million dollar mark. Um, it's probably just a matter of, uh, of when we're able to get to that point. Okay. There was 11 Group 1 races uh, throughout the TAB Constellations for 2022. Three uh, Queensland victories. Surprisingly, two of those were Group 1 trotting races as well. So we've yeah. come a long way with our trotters. Uh, four for New South Wales, four for Victoria. So, you know, it's very evenly split, those Group 1 features. Yeah, I think that was a really pleasing aspect. And I think that's one of the, the natures of the, the carnival here is that we are... We, that happens. Um and if we can get some other horses from, from other parts of whether it be Australia or over in New Zealand, we can only add to that in the future. But certainly great to see uh, Queensland horses um, doing well and our Queensland participants, you know, as much as um, it adds to the carnival, having those interstate in uh, New Zealand horses here, uh, we uh, we love seeing the Queenslanders win. So it was good to see the, the honours sort of shared across there, and I think it creates a bit of that rivalry. Um, but it also means that, you know, some others um, can certainly in the future can target and see, see the opportunity. Um, you know, clearly great to have a stable such as the, the Stewart and Tonkin stable um, heading this way, along with Jess Tubbs and Greg Sugars, you know, an emerging stable down there. So I think there's a bit of a shot in the arm for the carnival, but there's some opportunities there and, and that uh, people want to come up to Queensland and, you know, are confident in, in, in one their horses, but also in, in the racing product up here. I'll put you on the spot now. We had Greg O'Connor, the uh, the Kiwi uh, media uh, star, over for our carnival. He played a uh, a really key role during the Albion Park Carnival, and uh, he was terrific. Are you confident, as we sit here right now, that you know we'll have Kiwi representation next year? Oh, look, I'd certainly a discussion, or just a you know a, a brief discussion I had with Greg, and uh, following Saturday night, and then just on email since. Um, it's certainly one area we, you know, we'd love to get his input into as to how we can, um, yeah, we can get that. Yeah, it was really funny in the sense that last year we had a really strong Kiwi yeah. contingent, and then this year it sort of wasn't the case. Understanding that they had some changes to their calendar as well, uh, so look, I don't think we'd certainly be looking to change our calendar to to, to, to suit them. But um, look, we'll certainly have those discussions as to you know what can be done. We'd certainly love to, to have them here. I think they add to the they certainly add to the carnival, and, and you know another aspect of the carnival is that social element and, and the 
we know the Kiwis enjoy coming over during that time of the year. So love to have them here for uh, for that as well. And we know there were some that did pop over, but you know, if we get more New Zealand horses uh, here, well, I'm sure that'll increase that the uh, the people that are coming for a holiday or to come and enjoy the, the Queensland weather at that time of the year as well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the racing was sensational. Very competitive. Uh, very very tough to win, but you'd expect that at this time of year, and they were coming from everywhere at uh, all parts of the track at Albion Park and Reckliff as well, so uh, that was really good. We're not going to rest on our laurels. Our next big race night is not all that far away. August 20, that's our big uh, Q-bred race night, so all of the Q-bred stars are going to be out and about. There's four Group 1 features, so we're only weeks away. No, that's right. It doesn't, uh, doesn't stop, which is good. Uh, yeah, we've tagged Q Stars Night, so that's something that we'll be promoting it as uh, moving forward. And uh, yeah, it's the first year we've brought those, well, those four Group Ones in, in in recent history anyway together. So we think that's a really good celebration of the industry. Um, the Q Bread brands one that we've uh, yeah we're keen to continue to invest in, and, and I think the the industry has really supported that well. We've seen some good growth from a breeding perspective up this way. Um, next year we're going to potentially see three yearling sales up there, up up in Queensland. So I think that sort of uh, represents or in, indicates the, that uh, you know, there's some positivity from a, a breeding point of view. Uh, and uh, we'll continue to sort of invest in that. But, yeah, that, that night there's a real showcase for that. And, yeah, I'd encourage people to come along. Our queue, as per, uh, as per previous, will we'll certainly, along with the club, you know, be looking to get the owners of, of um, connections along that night to come and enjoy a good night of hospitality and, and racing. And, and best of luck to, to those people that are in. Uh, no one change we've made this year was reintroduced some heats for the, for the triads. Uh, to, to provide horses um, or connections with an opportunity. Um, we understand that some horses may get injured or develop later on. Um, so we've changed the structure slightly to, to open up heat. So that's the, the week prior and, and then into the final. So really looking forward to that night as a celebration yeah, well, for the industry. The Kubrid scheme is certainly working and we're seeing that already with all of these new stallions headed our way for the upcoming breeding season. So there's a big boost already. One final one before I let you go. Um, we've got plenty happening here in Queensland. We've touched on the new home and that likely announcement not all that far away. The other announcement that's going to be forthcoming is the Inter Dominion. As we know, we've got the rights to host that series next year in 2023. Uh, the time slot yet to be uh, ratified, but uh, when when can we expect some news there? Yeah, look, we've got a meeting uh, on the Inter-Dominions, a couple of meetings over the next uh, early part of August. So we'll have some further discussion on that. I mean, as it stands at the moment, the, probably our intent when we uh, took over the, the New Zealand uh, slot uh, for the Inter-Dominion uh, was to hold it in December, um, uh, similar to Victoria and New South Wales. So probably as it stands, that's where we'll, we'd uh, most likely look to hold it. But um, we will have some discussion uh, in the coming fortnight or so. Uh, but, you know, it's something that we certainly will have to um, uh, come to an agreement on. So is industry aware where, where that's at. So we in December coming up in Victoria. Um, so we look forward to, to being part of that. And then pushing on to next year. But I think, look, at this stage, most likely it's, it's going to be in a similar time frame, that late November um, to mid-December um, period. Um, and uh, and we're certainly, uh, in conjunction with the club, um, started some, some work around planning for that. 
um, we'll give ourselves a, a fair runway, but we're really looking forward to hosting that event and making a, a real good celebration. Okay, well, we'll wait with interest there. Uh, really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, congratulations for your efforts over the carnival. You, you, you've worked your tail off, and uh, it, it's been uh, really well received, the carnival, this year, just on the feedback that I've got. So, job well done. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you on uh, Q Stars Race Night, Saturday, August 20. No problems, Chris, and thanks to uh, you and the support of Radio Tab through Steve, and that's been good to get the, the coverage out there. And we'll um, we'll be back in touch because we'll continue to look to do so in the future. I'll see you at the trots. Sounds good. Thank and you. David Fowler in that bike. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> David Brick joining Could us. Can you imagine the reaction that you're going to get uh, when you put you that don't take, Oh, please, stop yeah, it. Nonsensical please, Steve, talk. You're being stupid. Yes, he would. Just in exactly before, what you're going to get. just before Darren Clayton joins us, you talked about the prize yep. money there, and uh, and uh, David David said obviously they're working on it. What about a bonus, Chris? You know, maybe they could underwrite a couple of bonuses. You know, like Racing Victoria and yep. VRC have just announced in the past 24 hours, for example, they've announced five by one million dollar bonuses. So, for example, if mm-hmm. if you can get a horse to win the Cox Plate, along with races like the Fear and the Maccabi Diva, Underwood, Turnbull, Caulfield, Guineas, or the Might and Power, which is the Caulfield Stakes, you get a million dollar bonus. So maybe something yeah. like that um, yep. might might appeal to uh, to it's participants. It's a great point. It's a great point. And straight away, I'm thinking if you've got a horse that can win the Rising Sun, a three year old win the Rising Sun, and then win the the Derby, there's a million dollar bonus if you can conquer both of those races. If a four year old wins the Rising Sun and then wins the Grand Circuit race, again, you could have a million dollar bonus there. Yeah, Straight exactly. They, they could underwrite it. Yeah. It'd just be, you know, yeah. obviously better for them, um, but also it would appeal to a, a strengthen the fields and so on. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Just good a idea. thought. Darren Clayton's with us. Yep. Darren, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. How are we? Very well. Give us your hot takes on Tab Constellations for 2022. Where can we improve? Yeah, I, I think um, overall the carnival went really good this year. I just... Um, Maybe I think some of those races where perhaps some um, auto auto ballots, the way the Rising Sun took the, the Queensland Sun winner into consideration, perhaps we need to look at um, if we strengthen trying to attract horses from interstate, say have pick off some um, races, either New South Wales or Victoria, where they gain an automatic invite. I know the Chariots of Fire uh, win, oh, not the winner, the race there is an invite issued to the winner of the four-year-old Bonanza or four, four-year-old race. I can't remember the exact name of it down in Victoria. That's how uh, Lock and Barat got into that race that year. So, um, you know, perhaps we can look at that cross-jurisdictional um, enhancements just to, to work with each other. Um, I think that would be one. Um, the other one, I, I really think this is a, was a strong carnival hand-in-hand. Hand. I think maybe we look at the programming a little bit. We went to four Saturday nights. This year, I think one of those Saturday nights probably, uh, in all honesty, didn't measure up to a carnival strength night. Um, that was the night that had the two heats of the DJA. I think we need to maybe just uh, delineate where they go as heats and just leave the final on a Saturday night. Uh, I know the first round heats sort of, um, were, were separately on the Friday, whereas the second round they were on the on the Saturday night. So I think that could be a little bit of a, a rejig and just where that strengthens up because, um, as you spoke, the, the triads 
have gone out and now sit alone, which I think is a great move. Um, just how we strengthen that fourth night, if we're going to have four Saturday nights at Albion Park, what we introduce to make sure they're four metro quality nights of racing. Yeah, fair points, fair points. So, uh, like I said, there's room for improvement, no doubt. So we'll keep uh, we'll keep tinkering and uh, hopefully uh, come up with something even bigger for next year. But uh, overall, you were happy though. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think um, just having that on-course stabling, um, which has been a big issue, and um, as we know, you know, attracting those interstate campaigners of where they can actually stable in that we are limited with our infrastructure up here and, um, you know, time's ticking on that even further. So um, being able to attract those uh, participants to come, uh, that on-track stabling was a great addition. And, of course... Um, you know, that's where the Blacks are fake winner come from. He was stabled on course, Jason Grimson. So um, can't under, underestimate um, what that actually provides to the trainers and what they then have access to. Mm. He heads home today, and I think those stables are being uh, removed um, early next week, I'm led to believe. So we'll, uh, we'll watch with interest there. Uh, your job this morning is to find a winner for us punters tonight. We've got nine of the best coming through at Rick. If we start at 5.14, where do we find your special tonight? Yeah, I thought it came up in race three, horse number six, Dig Your Heels In. Uh, this mare trained by uh, a visiting trainer in Colin Godden. He's up from Victoria. He made his first trip up last year. He's liked it so much he's back again. Um this mare finds a race here. It's over the 2040, and I've got a, a few concerns about quite a number in this race, seeing out that distance. No problems with Dig Your Heels, and she was a winner last time out over the trip and uh, moves in one gate into gate five. That's a little bit of a concern, but she won from gate nine last time, and I think she's got the uh, opportunity to do it again here. Race three, horse number six, Dig Your Heels in. 290 with Tab right now. Dig your heels in. Will Rickson takes the drive on that runner. Is there anything else that stands out tonight for you? Yeah, just relying on a, on a little bit of a, a map here, and that's in race one, and it's horse number seven, Kanye Crusader. Absolutely flying. This guy just can't seem to find a race. Um, working off the off the scenario that number one, Crazy Shippo, holds up in front. I know he is a horse that... Um, not the greatest out, but I think he's got enough hustle to hold up here. And, and over the Redcliffe 1780, uh, I think he can hold up. And that would give Kanye Crusader the perfect trip on his back. It wasn't too far away um, last time out. That was a track record run by Tungsten Terror uh, at Marburg, where they sizzled along. And he was just behind him and, and uh, was a pretty good effort. So I thought he got a chance there, race one, number seven. Okay, Kanye Crusader, 460 with Tab, one of two runners in that race for Lockie Mandelman. He's also got Charm Offensive there. Uh, Cambridge race number three, uh, they're at the gates. Uh, give us some quaddy numbers quickly, Darren. Races five, six, seven and eight. Yeah, I think five, race five's open, so playing it with numbers two, three, four and five. I think the winner comes from one of those runners off the front line. The second leg, race number six. Uh, number seven, OB Legal, I've got on top, but a little bit of a tricky draw there, so where he ends up in the run will be a concern, so throwing in numbers three and eight. In the third leg, I think we can go one out with number four, the weapon. I think he will um, get his chance there. Um, sorry, also including number two, out of change there. Got ahead of myself for third leg, numbers two and four. And the 
fourth leg, the final leg race eight, is where we're going one out. And it's horse number eight, Harry Kane. Certainly finds every opportunity here to win his first race uh, of his career and in Australia for Hayden Barnes. Excellent. So two, three, four, five, three, seven, eight, two and four, eight only. That's the Rickliffe Quaddy tonight. Dig your heels in your best bet. Darren, appreciate the time. We'll talk on Friday. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Chris.